Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Happy 9 to 5. Today we're talking about unemployment insurance and discussing a lot of the questions that you have brought forward with two industry experts. So we have with us SAFE, VP of Insurance at Bayzat. How are you SAFE? All good, all fine. How's everything with you? All good. My name is SAFE. I've been in this market for the last 17 years, handling property casualty underwriting in multiple of insurance companies and now with Bayzat. Wonderful. You come with a lot of uh, experience and I've worked with you in the past. Honestly, I can trust you with my life when it comes to insurance. Thank so you thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and on the other side, we have Kelly, uh, head of people at Tabby. Welcome. Hi, nice to be here. Nice to have you. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Excited. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Kelly. Um, so I've been in the region for 11 years. Mm -hmm. um, prior to that was obviously in the UK. I've been in tech. Um, in a people perspective for about the last five years um, and I'm excited to learn more <laughs> more today from SAFE and from yourself and uh, yeah just dive into the conversation. Wonderful. How are you finding the the changes that are happening uh, in the market? A lot has been going on when it comes to people. Yeah you're right I think over the last kind of 18 months to, to 12 months there's been a lot of kind of people initiatives and they've definitely been keeping us on our toes from mm -hmm. a people perspective. Mm -hmm. I think coming out of the, the pandemic, I think HR people thought, oh, okay, now we can breathe. And then, <laughs> and then they threw lots of different changes from a people perspective around visas, around contracts, around gratuity. But I think it's a really good sign of kind of the, the progressive thought processes within the region. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there's lots more to, to be looked at and to be had. But I think each of these initiatives is, you know, demonstrating that people matter in this region and that how we can move to becoming more and more employee friendly is yeah. definitely the, the way that the region's going which i think is you know super exciting and impressive that these initiatives are you know coming thick and fast and we love that change really the latest thing that has been you know the talk of the field we can say is unemployment insurance and there's so much ambiguity about it um safe so what is it really it's it's a way of employee protection uh, when it comes to it's, it's in other country you can call it maybe social security or something like when mm -hmm. you lose your job you get compensated with a certain amount or certain margin of your uh, previous income so it's been implemented in the UAE since the beginning of the year it works in a way that if somebody loses a job due to termination not to due to any fraud or disciplinary action or anything like that they will be compensated a certain amount of their lost income Okay. The UAE, you know, as uh, as we mentioned earlier, it it works in a way just to make like the employees more happy mm -hmm. and to reduce the turnover of people or make let's say the environment more employee friendly. So and you can see we are at the end. There's a big number of expatriates in the country. So this is a way or like we or another to look at them being protected in case they lost a job out of no reason or let's say suddenly. The first question that comes to my mind is who are eligible for such a scheme? Everybody eligible for such scheme but there is like certain criteria so mm -hmm. everybody is like let's say eligible except let's say investors, uh, anyone who's under uh, free zone visas, uh, juvenile people less than 18 and working because I think this is part of the internship they are not covered and uh, I think everybody who completed 12 months under this program, like they pay the premium for 12 months, they are eligible. Okay, so people working in free zones, that really ticks my mind. Um, so why is there such an exclusion? Okay, every free zone have their own, let's say, 
human resources uh, rules and uh, you know mohri which is the ministry of human resources and democratization have let's say uh, they can control or regulate the uh, the mainland companies, but the free zone have their own rules and uh, regulations and authority there. I think they will follow the Mohri at a certain level, but as of now, I think it's only the mainland companies that can do the being part or eligible for this uh, program. Okay. Personally, I feel like there might have been a little bit more pushback into including these free zones to just because you're protecting the employee and this is the responsibility of the employee themselves to cover themselves. So I think it could have been more inclusive into covering these people. I mean, it's not mandatory from a company's perspective, but what do you think, what, what kind of imbalance would that bring in the free zone area or how do employees feel overall? Yeah, I, I think with most big changes like this, and it is a big change, like it's not just something that you can overnight bring into this mm -hmm. kind of environment. And I think in a way, this is a, a good way of kind of phasing it, seeing how practically it works, seeing what some of the the confusion or the pushbacks or the implications of it would be. So I'm not against some of the kind of eligibility exclusions. I do think longer term that everybody will move towards this kind of setup. And I think it's the right thing. And I think probably even more evolution around how the, the premium or the money is deducted and things like that will also come into effect. So I don't think at the moment there is this sense of um, exclusion or unfairness uh, because I think there's just so many unknowns at this stage. Mm -hmm. um, I think once this has been embedded and there's been you know a year's worth of premiums and we see how this actually works in practice, I think more and more companies will become more curious because there's no doubt that it's a really valuable and viable in terms of how much it costs benefit to put in place. I think at the moment... I and I, I don't disagree with this. Some employers are like, well, let's just sit back and watch and see mm -hmm. what happens. What's the real value that people put on this? And we'll know that when we're trying to attract talent from a you know, zone where they do have this. And if that's a pushback, well, I'm not going to come and work for you because right now I have this benefit in place. So there will become that kind of competitive landscape around benefits. And I think employers will naturally follow suit because it is an attractive benefit to have in place. But I think right now, as with most big change programs, particularly in this kind of sphere, people want to wait and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Proof of concept. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone does it. <laughs> it's not just in employee benefits, right? It's a life life lesson. So right now I'm not aware of any kind of, you know, disruption around it in terms of it's not fair, but it feels strange that it's not all inclusive because it's a, an inclusive global, I mean, sorry, employment market, right? So mm -hmm. right now you don't really feel the, the barriers between free zone and... Well, the other ones, DIFC, etc. So I think this will be an interesting one to look at, whether it does polarize or or make people choose differently based on whether that benefit is there or not. 100% agree. And we are as well just sitting back, looking at the market and understanding how people are reacting towards it. It has been only a few months, but the major uh, comeback from the market is that they're happy that such a change is happening. It's bringing a lot of security into um, the market, especially at such a time. Mm -hmm. But how would you see uh, such a scheme affecting the job market? Yeah, again, I think it's hard to tell right now. Mm -hmm. um, I can only kind of assume or take some guesses. I think eventually, um, if it seemed to be 
value add um and i think sadly in times of turbulence where you know terminations are more prevalent or or big i think right now this region is the word benefiting is probably not the right word but not seeing the big layoffs that the rest of the world have been um but who knows (laughs) yeah exactly hopefully not but who knows what what will be the case this time next year for example Mm -hmm. so i think in terms of how it will um, impact the job market is yet to be seen but i do think and encourage employers to be competitive on this because i think that this is a basic benefit Mm -hmm. and i think it's something that employers should want to have in place and i think it's something that employers should want to instill confidence in their employees that you know terminations do happen and sometimes they're way out of control of even the employer right and i think being seen as a you know employee friendly or people first culture around we know what it is to be an expat in this region and we know that your ability to live here is dependent on your visa situation and that's nine times out of ten linked to your employment then what can we do to kind of safeguard you and give you that security that if a termination does happen that we've got your best interest at heart over and above what we can do as an employer anyway right so to come back to your question i think it's it's too early to tell whether it's going to create this massive disruption but i do think that the most progressive employers will kind of be proactive on this and get this in place and and make it not a differentiator for times when um, you know, you'll be behind the curve otherwise. But do you think termination would be an easier decision for companies to take because no, of this? I I don't see that link and I haven't. And I think it's interesting for those that do. I think, again, the best employers out there don't, don't use the ease of termination that there is in this region as a reason to do it, or they definitely shouldn't. And I don't think that this in place is enough to give you to give you the need to have a bad reputation in the market Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. dubai is a small place and your employer brand is one of the most important factors when you're trying to attract and retain and if we look at the workplace and the workforce now they want to work for employers where that culture of people-friendly policies and benefits and approaches are there and the workforce now especially the younger generations they look for that if they have two offers on the table that are the same from a financial perspective they want to go where that the environment and the culture kind of you know resonates with them and being people-friendly is the best way to do that because you know your in your intentions as an employer are really really important nowadays 100% 100% absolutely agree um, but when you spoke about the visa that like brought me back to technicalities a little bit so in terms of claiming back um, the benefit how does that work first thing the number one rule you should complete 12 months in this program so it should be already paid 12 months premium so you can claim the second thing when you want to claim this claim should be submitted within 30 days of the termination mm-hmm. so if you got terminated you have 30 days to notify the insurance company there's a hotline for there that you can tell them that I lost my job and that's proof of termination. They'll start paying you, I think, within the next two weeks. Now, the claim will be 60% of your income from your last income, basic salary we are talking about, not talking about gross salary. So Mm -hmm. 60% of the basic salary. Termination is not resignation or not being fired for any reason that, you know, unethical or let's say fraud or whatever. So that also should be part of it. And uh, the last thing, you can claim only once. And that means you lost your job in the second year and you can only claim once when that happened. So you can't claim more than like more than one time in a, in a year after. Getting so terminated. basically, so, yeah, 
I for if I had already registered. Yeah. So I'm not covered this year if I get terminated. Yes. However, next year when I start paying premium again. Yeah. And I am terminated. Yes. I can only claim it once. So yeah, you can claim it once. You will be paid for three months. Sixty percent of your salary. What if it takes me longer to get a job? Uh, to be honest, you know, looking at uh, the situation of UAE and how they handle the visa, once you get terminated, I think you have 90 days to stay in the country. Mm -hmm. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have 90 days to stay in the country. So this is covered by this program. So the, this cover it's going to cover you for the next 90 days income. Okay. But what comes after that, I think you should be either, either leaving the country or finding a job already. So once you find a job, the benefit will stop. The insurance company should be notified that you find a job and the benefit will stop. And if I am terminated again after I find another job within uh, that year? You will not be eligible to claim again. Okay. Yes. All right. I, I think that's a that's a fair ask to um, stop misuse if it may arise. Yeah, because definitely uh, there will be where or another people trying to benefit of this, mm -hmm. uh, let's say, this thing. Especially if you're talking about uh, companies have multiple uh, trade licenses. So mm -hmm. it can be people getting fired, hired again, another okay. visa. So it might be happening. So this is to prevent fraud, misuse mm -hmm. of or abusing the the program. Because at the end, this program is to benefit people. It's mm -hmm. not to be misused by people. So we've spoken about um, you know the protection against fraud and misuse, but some would argue that unemployment insurance can decrease uh, motivation on employees, quiet quitters. What, what's your take on that? Yeah, I, I think that's a loose assumption. Of course, if you feel more relaxed that if you get terminated, you've got some financial cushion there, I think, yeah, okay, you could you could argue that, but I think it's a loose kind of connection. I think there are a few mechanisms within it that don't make it so black and white for the eligibility piece, for example. I think also the amount of money that you get. And I think also what we spoke about earlier about you know your ability to remain in the country being so... Um, connected with your visa and employment status that I think they're much bigger concerns rather than you know the financial piece um, often um, in termination cases it's it's normally the visa piece that's the biggest concern of the individual rather than the financial piece there are obviously exceptions but I don't think that quiet quitting can be blamed for something like this <laughs> I think it's a, it's a great assumption but there are much bigger things around quiet quitting that um, employers should be already looking at and addressing rather than you know the fact that they get three months 60% of their salary and again not across the board yeah termination is a much bigger concern than just the financial piece and I think employers should go some way to you know look at the financial piece but they should also look at the quiet quitting piece within their own organization and look at the reasons why and it's way more than the the threat of being terminated so um, yeah I don't think it's a, a strong correlation yeah I don't think it's 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 a strong motive um, for someone to be job hopping just because, you know, they know they have the security. It, another factor to look at, it's, it's not that easy for you to move from a job to the other. It's not that simple. It, yeah. it quite takes time. So the government did open up for companies to be able to register for this scheme, right? On behalf yeah. of their employees. So what do you think about this behavior? Should companies uh, try and go into that direction? Is this going to, you know, affect negotiations when it comes to job offers, compensation? Would would it be something that you would include in your standard benefits package? What do you think of that? 
Yeah, I, I definitely think it's something that employers should already be thinking about, even if the obligation isn't there now. And I think touching on what we spoke about earlier around, you know, that competitive landscape and how employees potentially could be looking at it in, in the future when they have two two offers on the on the table. I do think employers can start thinking again more creatively around how they can, you know, enhance this. If, you know, the obligation is on the individual to pay the premium, what can an employer do to, you know, top up the severance piece if we are just looking at 60% paid um, and it is based on basic you know, the natural inclination would be for an individual to think, oh, I need a higher basic to protect myself. Whereas that has more implications for a, an employer um, around gratuity and just around pay philosophy and structure anyway. So mm-hmm. could they use different approaches to make it more advantageous without playing around with the basic by topping up that 60% or having their own severance terms that they apply on top of this and and things like that. So again, I think it's early to to see but i do think employers should be already thinking about how to be competitive with it it's a great employee friendly benefit like we've already spoken about and i think you know just being left behind from a an employer brand and evp perspective doesn't warrant the actual cost that it can have for an employer i would argue that the best employers out there already have some informal severance package anyway in place and and this is just you know, a bonus almost for them to to be able to make their severance packages that are already in place better. So yeah, I think if we don't see it, then employees will start probably verbalizing around it. It will be another piece of um, kind of market data that they will use the, like they already do around, oh, so-and-so does this and mm-hmm. so-and-so does that. And my friend has this. So I think if employers can be proactive, that's the best way to, to tackle it. We're becoming a more employee protecting market and the government is really trying to push a lot of benefits into the way of uh, the employer, even if they're not mandatory, but it really opens up a lot of room for creativity in enhancing your um, packages. So I absolutely agree um, on this being um, a leeway for companies to uh, capital on and making themselves stand out when it comes to pulling talent. Because from what I'm seeing in the market, if it comes to a financial benefit, for my role, it would be the same salary in five different companies. So how are you distinguishing yourself to attract me as valuable talent, right? Yeah. And I think that's where the creativity has to come in yeah. for companies. I think it's important to note that this in it, on its own is not going to be that differentiator probably. Like mm-hmm. I think this is part of a wider kind of approach to compensation 100%. and culture yes. and things like that. But it's a great one to have in place because it is a, you know, a hygiene factor almost, which a lot of companies sometimes they, they jump over that part and forget about the hygiene factors. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I don't think it's the only answer, mm-hmm. but it's definitely something that employers can take advantage of in the right way to, mm-hmm. to make themselves more yeah, attractive to talent. And something that will get companies to get started with these things that employees within themselves they talk Mm. oh my company has this wonderful package and they paid this for me and i don't have to do it or they reimbursed me so this talk between um, employees or individuals really push companies into going to a specific partner or changing their benefits to fit the market trend really yeah so yeah we're going well so we spoke about all of the benefits and the great things that are coming with this scheme 
you know, it's the nature of the world. There are <laughs> yeah. pros and cons to everything. So what do you think are the drawbacks of this scheme and how can we address them? The drawbacks, uh, you know, I think this is, since this is a national, you know, program done by the Ministry of Human Resources, uh, I think, you know, when you do such planning, you know, mm-hmm. you don't come with, let's say, uh, with an escape plan. So what mm-hmm. will happen exactly if this program worked for the first year, as an example, collecting the uh, premiums, not paying any claims, so funded enough at least for the second year when claims start happening. So in next year they will do an, they will do another assessment. So here where you start paying claims, you'll so you'll see if it's it's a loss making program or profit making problem uh, program. We are not talking about profit here will be shared, but the profit here will be in same in the same pool. God forbid anything else happened, like let's say. As an example, the layoffs happening, let's say, in the other part of the world. So mm-hmm. such things have a huge magnitude when it comes to, you know, the workforce. So I think in case we're another, like uh, this program, not say have enough fund to pay, there will be something called repricing. Or they look at how this program can be repriced on an actuarial, let's say, point of view. So I think there will be no drawbacks, but I think they will be more into how to make it work, how to make it more functional. I think it's going to be, in case if it didn't work, it's going to be repriced again. But uh, since everybody is enrolling on it, especially the mainland companies, I think they will be like, let's say, they're going to go with trial and fail, I think. So they're going to keep doing it till it becomes perfect. That's in my opinion. So if you are asking me if there will be a repricing or there increase in premium from the five and ten different things, there's a big possibility it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I don't think in the first two years. Because in the first year, there is no claim. So second year, the claims might happen. Usually in the third year, we will have a whole point of view. Now we have 24, uh, let's say, uh, 20, 24 months already paid premiums. And you can see 24 months, sorry, 12 months of paid claims. And you can see that, like, let's say... Uh, if it's if it's gonna work or not, and in the third year definitely, you will be made, you'll be like let's say you'll be sure hundred percent that is it work it's is, if it's working or not. Okay. But uh, in my opinion, uh, this is gonna go for long. It's not gonna be like a five year project or ten year project. This mm-hmm. is gonna be gonna go for long. But I don't think the terms conditions will remain the same. I think they either maybe increase the 60 drop the 60 percent of the income like let's say the compensation or they might increase the premium a little bit or i don't think there will be a decrease in the premium but increase the premium and increase the benefit as well so where or another you know that's things how it goes in the UAE. everything evolves so it's gonna evolve at a certain level i think with like let's say keeping in consideration that this is for the employee benefits at the end to make it more employee friendly okay so this is from a scheme perspective or from a pool perspective yes uh, but like any other insurance product, obviously, um, claim loss ratio comes into consideration. So do we see uh, it being possible that you would be looked at individually when it comes to your claims? Like, let's say you have been on the scheme for five years and this person has been being terminated every single year and has been claiming every single year. Will that come into con- like would would there be a time where this comes into consideration and this person's premium would have to be increased on his own i think yeah as we mentioned earlier i think you can claim once okay yeah so so if someone can, is yes so you know on the long term yes, because then it's connected to your MRSID, so mm-hmm. it's gonna always it's gonna be okay. triggered and red flag 
So if there's a potential of misuse of or let's say fraud, yes, it will be triggered on spot. So uh, and the loss ratio thing, I think way or another it's gonna be like uh, you know even employers will be like let's say, in my opinion it will be marked like if they have high turnover, high turnover. or yeah or yeah. there is like let's say a certain uh, how to say that culture of letting people go in bulk mm -hmm. yeah but uh, it happened earlier and I think we are another like let's say it's under control now but it will also especially when you say like it's gonna mark the employees that they do this it's mm -hmm. gonna mark the employers themselves as well mm -hmm. so I don't know how they will look into it but I think that's that's you will have a real like let's say tangible data in your hand like this employee or this yeah. employer sorry let go people in bulk or let go people with a certain let's say culture mm -hmm. so in my opinion yeah now you have it in numbers especially it's connected to this reminds me of when medical insurance first became mandatory exactly, yeah. and how slowly the market changed and how the behavior of people claiming changed and how the prices had changed yeah. this is goes by the way sorry to interrupt but this goes also before it become mandatory let's say i remember when they implemented the e-claim portal mm -hmm. which is you know where you all the let's say providers pharmacies insurance companies are connected yes that's fixed a lot of things which you know previously used to bring like let's say a reimbursement which is 100 percent fraud like you copy it yeah. like let's say on a photocopy and that that was sold if you look at pharmaceutical like you used to claim the same medicine from multiple uh, pharmacies now it's one system connecting all so the same thing i think gonna happen here you know one system connect all the employee the employer and the ministry mm -hmm. And that's now definitely monitored. But this like shows me positivity on on the long run when it's monitoring the behavior and then monetary impacts become the subsequent event for you know bad culture, high turnover. W what's your take on that, Kelly? What, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think that any kind of steps that you can make to hold employers more accountable for how they employ and terminate people, mm -hmm. then it's going in the right direction. There are always instances where terminations have to happen and should happen and yeah. need to happen. So this is about kind of, you know, protecting for those, I guess, more laid back companies who sometimes don't take the right steps beforehand. Um, and then also those companies that have no choice, like from a financial burn rate, you know, for to save 10 people, three people have to go. And I think there are always those difficult decisions um, to make. So I think it's a very positive step forward. I think there's some evolution to happen, like Safe said, and it will happen. But data is what's going to drive that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So we, we've covered a lot. And I think we went into a lot of detail from a technical perspective and from a field perspective as a company. So what would be your advice for employees watching us and listening to us right now, Safe? Uh, I think, you know, you know, they should have the accountability, the responsibility to enroll themselves on this program. At the end, it's for their own benefit. And, you know, that also helps the employers themselves just to make sure that at least their employees have part of this responsibility, mm -hmm. you know, because empl employers already handling a lot on their own. Like, let's say when it comes to medical insurance, when it comes to even paying the visas or the employee protection plan on visas, to 70 dirhams. So you are talking about there's a lot of things on the employer side. At least this time, it should be on the employee side. And this shows like the give back or the commitment to the employer. 
themselves like they should be committed to this and that then it's for their own benefit yes and you know nobody is like let's say everybody is confident what they do but nobody is 100 certain that what can comes and how the companies can perform it would honestly bring peace of mind uh, yeah definitely anyone anyone will have anything like, can happen let's say, if you have a plan b this is a plan c Mm-hmm. So everybody always plan for plan A, keeping the job, plan B, maybe to have something else. But this is a plan C that, that always help. And, you know, everybody wants this safety net. Yes. And this is not even the safety net. This is 60% of the safety mm-hmm. net. But it's okay, at least. Better than nothing. Yeah. So in my opinion, everybody should be enrolled. Everybody should be feeling the responsibility they should be enrolled. And even when we say, like, let's say, if they are not, you know, they enro- didn't enroll themselves, they penalties. But again... Penalties should not be the drive to enroll yourself. Because yes. even the penalties at the end, it's for your own benefit. Mm-hmm. This is a benefit that you can earn at such, let's say, low premium. So in my opinion, average body should be enrolling themselves for it. I 100% agree. So we've heard for employees. Uh, what about you, Kelly? What could be your advice for business owners, uh, HR people, or employers in general? Yeah, I think being proactive is is key here. And I think the education piece and and just keeping on top of what's happening with it, even if you're not mandated to do it now, start thinking now, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, learn from other people that are going through this, how they've done it. And I think also um, keeping your employees educated on what the requirements are even if it's not relevant for them now like how could it look in 12 12 months time and you know what's your position as an employer on it even if it's no action now but we'll review it in 12 months like I think being vocal about it and letting your employees know that it's it's of interest and importance um, is really really important I think where there's a vacuum employees tend tend to to put their own narrative in there so as proactive and on the front foot as you can be around what it means to you as an employer that will go a long way to creating some confidence um and answering questions on a, on a very simplistic level as well so so yeah i think people should start thinking about it and working out what their stance is going to be if and when it does become mandatory or even if it doesn't like what will you do differently differentiate yourself that's honestly key with pooling talent and retaining them properly thank you guys so much for your great insights and advice it was lovely having you thank you guys for tuning in and we hope that this was a very informative session for you take care